0: Lob Talk Radio <laughs>
1: The Frontier Beyond Fear Blog Talk Radio Program. I'm Susan Laris and Dan's, and this is a very special episode of this program coming to you at a special time on Blog Talk Radio. So if you're listening live, um, I welcome you. If you are coming into this show for the first time, we explore many topics here that that really help um, with with your life first. Hand things that can, can help you improve your day-to-day experience. And that is the purpose of this show, as we work with our fears and we find more peace Enjoy on our paths, no matter what's happening in our lives. And we have a wonderful guest that's going to be coming on the line in just a moment. Um, And those of you who heard the preview of this show a few days ago will appreciate how we're going to take these topics much more in depth. And I'm so delighted to see that caller Jay is also on the line, and we may bring you in too, Jay, because in the last show, Jay had questions about this topic, and we, we talked about it a bit. Our guest coming in in a moment is Kavita M. Shanayan, MD, and she is going to talk about her new book, Shakti Rising Embracing Shadow and Light on the Goddess Path to Wholeness. And Kavita has a wonderful way of combining her traditional training as a cardiologist with her knowledge. Of yoga, tantra, and the direct path, which we will explore as to what that is,
0: to help
1: all of us and our patients um, discover pathways out of suffering, so that we can work with our experiences and have a deeper understanding of what's happening, and shift our responses to what is occurring in our lives and. She works as an integrative cardiologist at Beaumont Health System. She's an associate professor of medicine at Oakland University um, at the Beaumont School of Medicine, which is in Rochester, um, Michigan, I think, Minnesota, Michigan. Guys, I'm having a ge- geography challenge at the moment, <laughs> I think. Anyway, um, she will she will clarify if my geography is off and her website is kavitamd.com. So, I am going to bring her on the line here right now. Here we. Well, it's a little slow. Here we go. There. Hello Kavita, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, hi. Thank you. Thank you for that now wonderful introduction. Now, tell me where you are.
1: I was thinking, you know, I wanted to say you are on the East Coast. <laughs> where, where are you, Kavita? <laughs>
0: in Michigan.
1: <laughs> you are in Michigan. Okay. Yeah. I, I got it right the first time. <laughs> um, so, yes, I know the, the Midwest Quite well. I actually used to go up to Michigan occasionally to the UP of Michigan. So, so I, I oh, do know that yeah. area. Oh, beautiful really up beautiful there. there. Yeah. 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 So, um, and, and that is actually a really active area where I know there is a lot of medical research in Michigan and, and different things. In fact, I almost pursued a, a job up, kind of up that way when I was working in software with GE Medical Systems, which is kind of up in that general area. My other life, too. Oh. So anyway. Oh, wow. That is yeah. a small one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I am a computer scientist by training. I have a master's degree, and I, I went to school in Illinois. So um, just a little small oh. talk here at the outset of the episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but this This show, and and those of you who are joining us, um, perhaps for the first time, this show's been on the air um, for a number of years. We're in our eighth year. And um, it really, the intent here is exactly this. It's just to be ourselves and be ourselves and flow through this wonderful information that everyone is bringing to this program. And I have to tell you, Kavita, I learned a great deal from your book. I... um, I have much to learn in this area, and I feel many of us do. So I want to give you the opportunity to introduce, um, given your very unique path, how how did you come to write this book, and what is your intent in bringing this to all of
0: us? Um, you know, in uh, um, in, in a... Uh, summarized way, I could say that this book just, um, you know, didn't really have a, a purpose um, that I can, you know, really narrate as in I wanted people to know this or that or whatever it may be. It was primarily an outpouring of, um, you know, joy and creativity and, um and really driven by Shakti, um, and you know, in the process, and and this is really how Shakti works. The divine feminine is, when we really get out of the way, then she manifests in a way that um, is joyful, is creative, and in the process, it may and can and does. Um, Pull everybody along, you know, for the ride, including the one contributing and those that uh, are, um, uh, you know, need that contribution in whatever way on their particular path. And so there is no nobody to take credit um, in in that process except Shakti herself. Yes, yes, and I know
1: that that at the center of the wisdom that you share is 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 some this understanding of you know who who are we really <laughs> Yes. Who are we really? And 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 when you have this kind of creative impulse like that, um I, I think what's so beautiful about it is it comes so beautifully from you and your unique experience and then also, you know, like you say, there's this wisdom that's coming through you that, that that needs to be shared.
0: Yes. Yeah. And uh you know the the process of writing is um very uh, very interesting for me because um it was almost like um being in a trance. Like I would uh you know start writing sometimes and then hours later uh kind of look up and and see, you know, realize that hours have gone by, and then go back and read what I had written, and it was really like uh, a lot of amazement. Did I really write that? How did I know that, you know? Uh-huh. You know, I've heard this. Yeah, it it was like um, a very unusual experience, and you know, unusual I say because Writing is part of my job. I'm an academic physician, so you know I am in the business of you know, doing research and publishing papers in peer reviewed journals and book chapters yeah. and whatnot. but this is not this was nothing like the writing I had ever done. Yes. Yeah. Yes, oh,
1: I so relate to you already and I know that you'll you'll find it interesting. There are, there are listeners to this show who um you know, they I, I seem to attract people who've done traditional research in different ways. So I totally yeah. understand, you know, submitting <laughs> writing to a journal or, you know, I I didn't get a PhD, but during my experience certainly um I I totally understand the two types of writing and and um and how many guests have really said what you said, how when you're doing this kind of inspirational writing that that is meant to really help people, it does. It just flows. And then there's this magical experience of, wow, <laughs> where did yeah. that come from? <laughs> yes. And, and so um, as we step into this topic, now I know that certainly, as a cardiologist, you work with people every day who are having, you know, unexpected perhaps in some cases and significant challenges in their lives. And um, I happen, and we actually talked about this briefly on the last episode, I was so delighted to find online the YouTube video where you talk about the Heal Your Heart, Free Your Soul program and how... At the center of your work, that and this book, is is getting is how we work when we're in a situation where we might suffer. You know, we have a, people who are, are dealing with a serious illness or anything in my life poses its challenges. And um, yeah. so how yeah. we work with ourselves, um, with the help of the goddesses, and how we work with our, our experience of suffering and transmute that.
0: Absolutely. Um, and, and uh, you know, in my profession, it's um, this issue of suffering is, is something that is um, really not a stranger to most of us physicians. I mean, we see how, how um, suffering can result from uh, disease. But then what we don't do as effectively as a community of, of caregivers is we don't Separate the suffering from um, the the disease process, and so we just kind of assume that uh, if you have a problem, a health problem, you, you should probably suffering is a given, but that doesn't have to be. And um, so these these goddesses show us that you know suffering is really optional.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Define. Um... Where these concepts briefly originate um and I know that you talk about, and I put it in the introduction as well, this notion of the direct path, and in your book you talk about the progressive path and and also just um you know what is what is Shakti for those who um are, well we're all truthfully learning at a much yes. greater depth if we have a cursory. Knowledge. Um, what? Tell us about
0: these concepts. Sure. Um, so, you know, if we look at um, um, the the uh, the idea of a divine uh, power, a divine uh, power from which the entire cosmos originates, we. That divine intelligence or power, or what we may want to call uh, God, or uh, whatever we may, whatever name we want to give this divine, this divinity, actually has no gender. Um, it, it, it is a, a poor uh, a word for that, but we have to do with what's available in the English language, is that this divine power. Um, have no attributes and so but when we, when we say there is a masculine energy or a force and a feminine energy we are really talking about uh, this divine essence from which everything originates it has it contains within it all kinds of polarities including the masculine and the feminine so but when we say masculine, here we are specifically talking about the uh, the specific attribute of what is known as Shiva, and Shiva is essentially without any attributes. So Shiva is pure awareness. And yeah. so uh, if we if those uh, of your listeners who may be familiar with uh, the iconography of Shiva, can relate to why Shiva is almost translucent, is colorless, and always very, very still, because he has no attributes. So all of the attributes that are given to Shiva are Shakti. So all of Shiva's powers to create, to sustain, to destroy, to, um, to bring forth manifestations, and to dissolve everything back into nothingness. Everything, all of Shiva's powers are given or are made up of different aspects of Shakti. So Shiva is one translucent uh, skill, whereas Shakti is numerous, countless forms of Shakti because she represents all of those you know, different aspects of Shiva that are important in creation. And you know when we say there is a masculine and feminine it really doesn't mean much. I mean they only mean something in relation to each other. So when we talk about the divine feminine we are talking about the creative power and because that creative power in most species is a an attribute of the female we call it the divine feminine because of that creative power and she is the creator. And that is Shakti. But when we talk about Shakti, there is nothing in creation that is not Shakti. So unlike us humans, where you know we give birth and then the child becomes separate from the mother. So there are two beings. But that's not how Shakti operates. When she gives birth, she gives birth to the universe and she becomes the universe. So yeah. she is in, she is everything. She is us in all forms of us, so all aspects of us that we like, we don't like, our liking, our disliking, our rejection, our acceptance, doesn't matter what it is, everything is Shakti, all the seen and the unseen energies and forces and objects, everything that that is mental or emotional or uh, abstract or concepts, everything that we can possibly conceive of is Shakti
1: seems as we reflect upon these topics there can be these paradoxes that we encounter and I know you speak of of paradoxes. For for example, there there's there are these dual natures in a sense, you know, darkness and light, the dark aspects and the light aspects. And yet there's non duality. And yes. and I wonder if you could explore how we can enter into the the mystery the mystery of that paradox which is really what it's like it...
0: yeah and, and 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 that is the thing you know it's like um you know when, when we ask and we are uh, we as humans have a hard time really understanding why there should be the the negative aspect of life why should there be so much suffering yeah. why should there be um, you know all that we see around us—the the pain and the fear and the um, suffering. Why should why should there be such a thing? But yeah. on the other hand, for the divine, if we take a stance at the divine, nothing that is in manifestation, including what we call suffering, is really separate from the divine. So. It's like the sun, you know. The sun shines equally on both the weed, the weeds as well as the flowers. The sun doesn't differentiate and say, okay, it, it's only the flowers that need the sun, the, the sunshine, or the sunlight. Um, so similarly, you know, everything, even the suffering, is supported by the divine. So the the paradox actually becomes more and more and more apparent as we tread this path. in in being able to hold two opposing viewpoints equally in our consciousness and say, yes, this is bad, and yet it's okay. As in, there could be no other way for it to be other than how it is. And so the, the other paradox that happens with this, and I'm sure you're very familiar with this, is when we hold this, this, you know, paradox in our consciousness. For instance, we see injustice, and we also see the divine play in that injustice. At the same time, even though we know that that's divine, we are able to act and able to do what is required of us in order to ease the other person's pain or suffering. And yeah. and you see, there is a huge paradox there because. It, deep down, we know that actually there is no such thing as suffering. But at the same time, simultaneously, we reach out, our hearts reach out to whoever may be suffering, whoever needs help, whatever needs to flow through us, we are open to that. And so these kinds of paradoxes become really very. Clear as we traverse the journey, and so it is even with the shadows and light within ourselves, um, which these great goddesses, the Mahavidyas, represent. And and to be able to reconcile them and say, you know, nothing that I see of myself I need to reject. I can be okay. I'm whole, even though I I may have these uh, you know these perceived shortcomings or limitations or or shadows. Because until we actually accept them and embrace them, those shadows don't get uh, recognized. And as long as they are not recognized, we can't open to the light.
1: You know, it seems that one of those areas where when we're experiencing something um, that is challenging, we can get very caught up in the why. You know, why? (laughs) Why is this (laughs) happening? And and, and it's... It seems like the more you enter into the paradox of understanding, um, you know that these things happen. The less, the more you let go of the why. The more you let go of that,
0: that question
1: why, and yeah. and it's easier to deal with.
0: Absolutely, and uh, you know that is what I say. You know, in my classes and uh, retreats and stuff, where you know I say the, the one of the earliest. Signs, or one of the sure signs we can uh, identify on our on our spiritual journey is when we stop asking, why me? You know, we just yeah. lose the capacity to ask, why me? And, yes. um, you know, that kind of that that uh, self-pity and the drama that uh, revolves around our egos just falls away. And it's like, yes. oh, wait, and it's like, you know, You've had a headache all day, and then suddenly at the end of the day, you realize, oh, I don't have a headache anymore. It's it's like that. It kind of creeps up on you. And you're like, oh, wait, I'm yeah. no longer questioning why this is happening to me.
1: Yes, yes. It it seems that that's the way peace arrives. Um, um, I actually went through a journey on this show some time ago where a loved one was in the hospital. I had to deal with an unfolding thing where it was scary and all th- these different things and i have to tell you that when i was in the hospital with with um my child actually um yeah. i um there were these tremendous opportunities for astonishing peace um, yeah and um it it was it was as if during the midst of what i would have thought were the most challenging times of all of this um there was the most, the most peace <laughs> that came wow. yeah. miraculously yeah. in in, yeah. in some ways, and um, I mean I can't say it was perfectly that way, but um, but there were it, it was as if there was an, I had had enough experience with some of not exactly the concepts you're sharing, but really similar in some ways that yes. to help in that situation and that. It really inspired me, this was a few years ago, to, you know, we we all want to learn more about, um, you know, how we can enter in when, like in a tradition that I came from in the Western world, you know, I really began to see the peace that passes understanding. That is a paradox. (laughs) It it, it exists throughout traditions. It's not tied to just one tradition and actually, for me, the Eastern traditions open that up more. Um, and yeah. so, um, as I've evolved on my journey, and so it's a miraculous thing that that we can experience. And and I hope that we have the time um, as um, we talk tonight to discuss. In the in the preview of this show, we actually did step through. Um, the The various goddesses and their aspects, the shadow aspects uh-huh. and the light aspects, and we very briefly touched upon them and it was these are conduits for us these are very helpful for for us to understand human experience and and so i'm I'm hoping we'll have the chance to step through at least some of them so that we can see an example of how they. They manifest within our within our lives.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs>
1: um, and the other thing that that came up, and you know, this word, by the way, in fact, I I, I rather self consciously said it the last episode. Sometimes pronunciations elude us, especially in the Western world, because we have all these popular pronunciations, and they're not necessarily the way we should be saying things. But. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> And And one, in fact, this is not just a pronunciation question. This is a definition question. We seem to have a very limited understanding of what um, tantra is. Um, yes. in our and, and, and I know that that is pivotally connected to these concepts. So if you could define the deeper aspects, so that that we can understand how that's related to what we're exploring
0: here. Sure, sure. So um, tantra is um, is a a spiritual. So yeah. Um, so what happens? So it, you know, most people are familiar with yoga, and yoga yeah. is a path of. Um, you know, in yoga, the way we work with our minds is that we we gently favor, you know, things that are beneficial for us. In um, whenever non-serving kinds of situations come up, so for instance, if we say, you know, one one common example would be if you're on the yoga mat doing your asanas and you're hurting right, you are uncomfortable and your muscles are aching and your body just doesn't want to move in certain ways, the instruction is, well, focus on your breath, you know, so yes. the, the breath kind of rides. So when the more we kind of focus on the breath, then we can uh, let go of this, this, um, uh, very tight identification we have with the body and kind of uh, let the breath take us to that point where we are not so attached and not so identified with the body. So similarly, you know, when we go through, for instance, anxiety, then we may be given a mantra or, uh, or we may return to the breath again and say, well, when that is going on, oh, you know, you just focus on the breath. And yeah. so that's how you move away from an uncomfortable uh, mental, physical, or an emotional situation by putting your attention on something else. And yeah. so that is not just in yoga, but a lot of paths do that. So um, in tantra, on the other hand, we don't do that. So in tantra, what happens is Whatever is arising in our current experience, that becomes the gateway to the divine. So uh-huh. if it is anxiety, we, we just don't try to do anything with it. Don't try to distract ourselves in any other way. We just say we don't tell stories about the anxiety. And instead, we just like open up to it fully and, and have it move through us and, and show us really what lies under the anxiety. So the more we do this with various sensations and, and thoughts and feelings and so on, we realize that the underlying sensation or the underlying pulsation of life is very blissful, ecstatic, and it's always there. It is the fundamental vibration that drives all of these other vibrations of uh, you know mind, body, and spirit. So... Um, sadhana so is where we use whatever is in our experience in our daily life that becomes the gateway to um finding the divine so we don't we don't replace it with anything else yes is that yes. clear yes
1: yes actually that that makes it it it's a very um attractive way to to think about things because I think that we have a tendency to resist our current experience. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it releases that. It just seems to be a path of tremendous release.
0: Yeah. In the and, sense that you know, don't have to. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that another thing that happens on a lot of spiritual paths is this, uh, as you say, you know, we resist things so much or Uh, uh, we either resist it or we push it under the rug and want to forget about it, Yeah, right? It's like uh, I'm going to uh, really focus on these high spiritual experiences where I can forget about my, you know, relationship problems or financial problems or uh, whatever my life issues are. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to think about it. In fact, being spiritual is going to solve all those problems. And, and that kind of bypassing, you know, where we use a spiritual technique or a spirituality to bypass our current life experience is something we see in pretty much all paths. But, you know, the, the thing with Tantra, when done right, when taught well and learned from the right teacher is it doesn't allow that. It doesn't allow for that spiritual bypassing to occur, because it just forces us again and again into this issue until we allow it to be as is.
1: Yes, yes. That, uh, there's just so much that we can learn about this path, I feel, that, that we haven't been exposed to in, in the Western world. And it seems that um, you, know, you bring forward some things that, that many of us are not familiar with um in in the way that that you you share them with us and and it's very useful for us I I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to bring in a call right now since we're we're at the sure. halfway point of the show and this is the <laughs> caller who had questions um last time and so I'm going to give Jay um, a little advance warning here and an opportunity to ask you a question and then we'll enter into a deeper exploration in the second half hour of the show. For those of you joining us, um, this is the Frontier Beyond Fear and welcome. We're having a special broadcast tonight um, with guests Kavita M. Shanayan and her book is Shakti Rising. All right, well Jay, I'm going to bring you on the line so you can ask a question.
2: Hi, you're on the line. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Susan.
1: Nice to have you back.
2: Yes, uh, I was actually looking forward to the show, but uh, unfortunately you might, had to, you might be had to do something in the hospital, I guess, so uh, or something happened, so, but it's great to talk to you at this time.
0: Oh.
2: Kavita, uh, I just want, is, how do you say your name, sorry? Kavita. Kavita. Yeah. Yes, um, I'm a Kala Tantra uh, practitioner, and I've been practicing this tradition. This is probably the 4,000 to 7,000 years old tradition, and it's sort of, you know, with the left-hand path of the Tantra path. And yeah. I just wondered, um, I find it really, really interesting that that what you're saying is, is reflected in what I'm uh, practicing, too. And I just wondered, um, in regards to... Um That when the Eastern philosophy or the wisdom actually hits the Western shores, it gets really i don't know it's not no longer pure, and I'm finding that mm-hmm. there's a lot of misconceptions of what's going on now too um you're talking about um taking our some of the emotions you don't bury them, you actually you breed them up, and you actually work with them, you know we work with them in the heart. And, uh, and through the central channel and clearing too. But also it's like it really kind of like fundamentally shook me up in terms of what I learned before. Like we always say who we are, it's, it's about what we are, and we were talking about you know the law of attraction, it's about the law of reflection, <laughs> and I just uh, learned a lot to this meditations that we're doing about how it is important to do the maintenance on a continual basis for uh, for keeping our, our health and our um I don't know our sanity if you want to call that and it's changing times right now. And yeah. so I that's my question. That's my, my opinion what's going on and uh it's a really beautiful Tantra is very beautiful. The the classical Tantra is very beautiful and I think really helps myself in relationships because I can actually go uh find out where I am in in the emotional mandala and actually work with that to find out, okay maybe this is how i can work with it or stuff that comes up the rising i can actually deal with it but yeah it's 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 been a great great uh, great journey
0: yeah and and you know that's so beautiful i i love how you uh talk about the mandala of the emotions and and it's absolutely gorgeous uh if, if we can drop into those and and you know find them in in our own bodies and and so um you know the, the tradition that I study with um, it talks about the yantras. You know, are you familiar with yes. yantras? The yes. yeah, the geometric forms. And and so these yantras are not some esoteric, um, you know, the geometric figures that you put on your mantelpiece and uh, and forget about it. You know, these are living, breathing kind of shapes and forms that we can find in our own bodies, just as you were speaking about the mandalas. Um, uh, and I, that's uh, that's really something that is coming very alive for me, too, is to find these yantras within uh, myself. And, and you know, whether it's the emotional mandalas we're talking about or these yantras, these are actually new neural pathways that we create when we step out of our conditioned minds and create new ways of responding to life that are uh, based And what is in Kashmir Shaivism, for instance, we talk about Satantra or freedom. So that, that freedom to act in a moment that is free of conditioning is that svatantra. And so when we, the more we do that, the more neural pathways we create, and those become these yantras or these mandalas. Um, is that making any sense?
2: Oh, yes, it does. Anyway, I, I find it's... I, I'm getting away from, like, masculine and feminine, that, which creates separation. Yes. I find it's a dance yes. between Shakti and Shiva. It's it form is. and formless. And that's what it is. I mean, even in relationships, it's a dance. It's not compromise. It's a dance.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. So that's what I was trying to say, uh, you know, right in the beginning, is that, you know, these things that we say masculine and feminine is really for understanding that really they are never separate. Um, Because Shiva and Shakti are like saying fire and it's heat. You cannot separate them. Um, one is in the other, and um, so um, when we when we talk about the the divine feminine, the the masculine is implied in that because she, you know one of many many of Shakti's names is Shive, um, so, which means she is also Shiva. So um, and you know so <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right that we can't separate them.
2: And and from the understanding that the when I did the practice about you know, in two thousand sixteen I did forty days. It was it was actually a seven month course on this, on the uh it called the Yoga of Mind and it actually has to do with the different elements, right? The mm-hmm. all the different elements to cultivate it's actually um working with uh elements of the cosmos. That's what they mm-hmm. uh, call it yeah and it's it was really fascinating to work with those different elements according to how they actually represented in their bodies uh, the yeah. energies in our bodies and that was really fascinating too, and how to do with yeah. the deliberate aspects and also disruptive aspects of those those uh those feelings and things so of those elements it was really really fascinating
0: yeah and and that's the thing is you know the, the macrocosm is um, like our, our microcosm, our, our, our um, mind-body map is a, a perfect reflection of the macrocosm. So um, so what you're saying makes perfect sense because you know if we can map those things, we find that there is really no difference between them and um, and it's and, and the beauty of Tantra is you know there are so many different ways of working with Things. Um, there isn't one particular way. And uh, we kind of evolve into um, being able to find these micro ways uh, of doing things which are pretty novel to our own uh, specific situation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know, this, this, this experience, uh, you know, from Tantra, well, how that actually came from Tantra. You, from tantra, actually, yeah. <laughs> which is really interesting, Absolutely. and then all the different all the different uh, yogas came from that too. And it's just like it's really how how or tantra actually was first started. And it's just it's just a, yeah. it's just amazing experience, and it's so pure. It's just it kind of like uh, this this tantra is actually has been here for such a long time, and, and still, uh, if the lineage is actually pure, it's it really uh, it really brings to light of how much like stuff is out there that is so watered down and, you know, did their own way, and there's just ego, just, it just kind of blows my mind, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs>
2: That's so true. So, yeah. yeah, well, thank you so much. It's been great to talk to you. I am just looking forward to the rest of the show. Thank you so much, oh, Susan. Thank, thank you. Thanks, Evita. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you
1: so much, Jay, for everything You're you welcome. add to this program. It's much appreciated. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Take care. Bye bye. Home shot Bye bye. Um,
1: such thoughtful questions. Heartful. Really, we have so many people who are 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 exploring that are out there listening, and 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 um, in, in in some, you know, some of us are just being exposed to some of these things for the first time and coming into an understanding and 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 really. Yeah really yearning to know more at a deeper level. I think that that's part of what's happening more in the West, so to speak, and, and um, is that we are desiring to know more about some of these concepts and how they relate. And I know the show is going by fairly fast, and so I <laughs> thought that maybe <laughs> it, is, it is. It's been a very relaxed time. It's, it's kind of nice. I, I I think I like these nighttime shows. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> just, um, <laughs> they they just flow very very organically and naturally which is nice um and yeah. and i i'm hoping that we can um explore a little bit about the the um the goddesses and how you describe what what they are and and um we yeah. may not be able to get through through all of them but but just uh, maybe a couple of examples of how how they can help us to understand our human experience at a at a much deeper deeper level. And some will be familiar to most people and others or at least at a surface level and many not as much, um, like Kali, um, for example. Yes. And um right. so I would I would love it if you could, could just um gently explore some of a a a few of these concepts so that we can see how they relate to our experience.
0: Sure thing. Um, so uh, in, in Shakti Rising, um, you know, the, uh, what is described is a a particular set or a sequence of goddesses known as the Mahavidya. And maha literally means great, and vidya means wisdom. So these are the ten great goddesses of wisdom, or... Um, the goddesses of cosmic wisdom is is a better way of saying that. So, um, what that means is that. Um, so, when I was talking initially in, at the beginning of the show, we were talking about you know Shiva and Shakti and how they're really not separate. So, in yeah. tantric philosophy, um, or in the in, you know what the tantric sages describe is that initially in the beginning before time before space there is before creation the divine is the divine rests as a potential so yes. there is nothing no movement nothing it just rests as a potential and the first movement within this potential is self recognition so this self- recognition is this arising of this awareness I am of, of being an awareness of being and that that awareness of being is really one way to describe that is Shiva looking back at himself is Shakti. So she is his self recognition. So, and that creates the first separation or that, that the Big Bang begins there with the seeming separation between the witness or witnessing awareness which is Shiva and everything that is going to arise in Shiva which is all forms, which is Shakti. So at that point of the Big Bang if we consider that, there is Simultaneous creation of time and space and, you know, other, other physical forces. So all of these creative forces, the 10 main creative forces like time and space are represented by these 10 mahavidyas. So um, the, the most famous of them, of course, is Kali, and she is the first mahavidya. And she is first because she represents time. Creation begins with time. Without time, there cannot be creation because that linear time is, um, is needed for creation, for that creation to be sustained, and for it to be destroyed so that the next cycle can begin. So all of that happens in linear time. So without linear time, there is no depth, there is no duality, There is nothing. There is no past. There is no present. There is no future. And all of our suffering comes from the linear timeline, being caught in that. So Kali's shadow, we can say, is one of being trapped in linear time. So she creates the illusion of this linear time where we forget the eternal now, which is always here, which is always now. It's always now, now, right? By the time you say present, it's already gone. The moment is gone. And there is no way for us to think about the future because even before we think about it, it comes and goes. So it's very, very mercurial, just like Kali is. So when you look at her iconography, you know, she is in the cemetery, and she's extremely fierce. And that's one thing that all Mahavidyas have in common. They're all very fierce. Even the ones that look really nice and beautiful, they, they have very fierce aspects to them. So she's in the cemetery. You know, she's dancing wildly with this wild hair and has a garland of human heads. And she has a freshly chopped human head in one hand. She has a bloodied sword in the other and various other weapons and other uh, arms. And all around her, you see these corpses. But, but remember what she represents. She represents time. So when you really reflect on this iconography and you think, why is she so violent? I mean, What's going on here? And you see yes. that, uh, yeah. <laughs> so all around her, these corpses basically represent our dead past. You know, nothing remains of our past except memory. But we have this innate ability to hang on to our past, our past hurts and our betrayals and whatnot, and, you know, simmer in them. So she is cutting off these heads, and these heads are really those that are arising in linear time. And, and, and so what happens is if we step out of linear time, we step out of the ego. Because our identity as this body and mind is sustained in linear time. So at every moment, she's chopping off our head and giving us the opportunity to step out of linear time and realize the eternal now, where, you know, our mind and body are just forms arising in our eternal bliss consciousness, which is our true nature. So, which is who we really are or what we really are. So when you see, look at Kali, that's what she's doing. You know, all these heads around her, they are ours. They are those of us being stuck in linear time. And so she's giving us an opportunity to wake up in every timeless moment. So on the other hand, you know, what the Mahal not only represent these macrocosmic forces, but they also represent shadow and light qualities within us. And that's why they're so unique. They don't represent only the light, but they also show us because life is never only the good or only the bad, but a combination of the two and dualities are necessary because how can you say light if there's no darkness? How can you say darkness when there's no light? So you need both. And so Kali's shadow is obviously, in her iconography we see, it's violence. And her light is actually nonviolent. So if you really understand what she's chopping off, you see her absolute compassion that she is giving us this opportunity every single moment by by cutting off our ego, by allowing that moment to pass so that we can let the past go. We can stop, you know, um, obsessing about the future and remain here in this eternal now. So um, the nonviolent part of her or that light of Kali is nonviolence, which comes when we realize the violence that we carry around in our own hearts, which is based in linear time. You know, when we judge somebody, when we compare somebody, how we think about somebody, even as we are listening to somebody, we're already forming judgment and, you know, we're passing verdicts um, already, you know, and so we don't really need, to be carrying around weapons or, you know, harming people physically in order to be violent. uh, How we think is um, pretty darn violent. And so when we reflect on our own qualities and we see our aggressions and microaggressions, then we can start working on them and say, okay, then we suddenly have compassion for those that are violent. It's like, oh, yeah, I know this because I'm that way too. And so when you you can see yourself in another person and you can see the divinity in both of us, that leads to this radical nonviolence. And so Kali, that's how she works in our day-to-day lives, by constantly showing us, you know, what we need to be working on and making us aware of the various ways in which we are um, being aggressive and being violent, even without saying a single word. Yes, yes. Um
1: it, it seems that um you know the, the stark imagery, I guess, um the the vivid yes. imagery of these of of these these goddesses it um it, it it takes us deeper and it may be jarring. I mean it's meant to be is is it may be surprising yes. to <laughs> to those in the audience. And and you know, it's something That um, I find myself reflecting upon, um, and and actually, it brings me into a much deeper understanding of um, of of various things I've been exposed to in my life, and people that um, you know that that found um, that 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 vivid imagery, such as it, it can be, a form of liberation in a sense of of understanding. And yeah. you know when you talk about um, Kali and and you know what I tend to think about is you know we all have you know you don't have to be violent to have experienced that judgmental. Um, there is there can be tremendous judgmentalness out out there in just our regular everyday life. You know no matter what we're doing in the workplace and in different places, and it really leads us to reflect on yeah. on. Seeing those things in us and 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 um coming to an understanding of that um and and we see a lot of this right now um I think because of the state of the world um it seems like we're all a lot of us are are shaken up <laughs> by yes. by what's happened and you can see things um you'll see surprising you know statements from people that that maybe you wouldn't expect and um <laughs> And it just seems like um, it helps us to accept where we are in the world right now, um, yes. so that we can we know that we're journeying through this experience for a reason, and and, and there's a deliverance in that.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, I feel about uh, sometimes about the current uh, state of affairs or the current issues of the world. But this is the goddess saying, no, no more spiritual bypassing. No more bypassing of any social cultural issues is going to be acceptable. Everything needs to come out into the open, yeah. so you can become yeah. aware exactly. of really what's happening. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. It it seems like it's a it's something that can be very helpful to us in these times. Really, yeah. Um, to to yeah. come into a greater understanding of and peace, really, um, so that we don't suffer so much. I know a lot of people right now this past year has been very challenging because of what's happening yeah. in the world and and um if we view it in a in a different way um, then we don't have to be so very troubled all the time and 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 also, maybe we are troubled sometimes, like you said, we have to be in the presence of that emotion, I mean, and we have reason yeah. but it, yeah. it it's still this is very important for us, and I feel like Absolutely. we're only just touching upon these concepts um because we're we're very close to the end of the the live hour, and um I'm I'm very thankful to Blog Talk Radio that that they have brought this show to the to the front page tonight during prime time. Which uh um, oh,
0: thank you. I'm
1: very thankful for that because I feel that people will be exposed to your work, Kavita, and um, oh, thank you there's so much so much more that we could explore here, um, and. Um, And I want to give you the opportunity before the live audience goes goes away in a few minutes um, to tell them where they can find more about your work.
0: Absolutely. Um, My website is a great place um, uh, to start, uh, kavitamd.com. And I also wanted to let you know that I'm creating a 12-week online course on the book. And so we will delve actually quite deeply into each uh, goddess's iconography and practices and, um, you know, realizing these aspects in daily life. So we will be uh, delving quite deeply into, um, into these uh, issues and uh, doing a lot of stuff that's not in the book. So, um, so that's going to start in January. So if anybody is interested, please sign up for my newsletter and I'll be able to send information when the course becomes available. Um, And so, yes, the website has really all the links to, uh, you know, uh, to my work and my upcoming book. I have another book coming out in January um, and um, all the latest. Is available there.
1: Oh, well, that's wonderful to hear that. That um, you're you're certainly in a very creative spirit right now to have all these things that are under development and another book as well. So, um I, yeah. I hope to, I hope to have the chance to talk with you again, it, it so that we take even deeper. And so, um, but thank you so much for for being here tonight for this special oh, thank special
0: you. broadcast. Oh, it's wonderful. I so I just didn't realize this hour passing by.
1: <laughs> I know. That's why I think, you know, I hope that we can have you on again at some point so we can we can explore some of these things even more deeply. There's a lot here to work with. Yes. So I'm very Absolutely. happy with I would love everybody. to. I would love to wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Kavita, for being here. And um I hope to talk with you again soon. Thank you,
0: and have a very lovely evening.
1: Thank you. You too. You too. Thank you. Um, and yes, the show has just sped by tonight. We've just been breathing through it and it's very been a very relaxed time. But before the live audience goes, I wanna invite you to come to this show um, which normally airs during the noon hour or so in Pacific time FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website and we have another show coming up Friday with Susie Miller who has done a lot of work The Journey Back to Love that'll be on Friday November 17th and I invite you to spend some time with us then and thank you for being here live audience Uh, now we're we're Talking across time, we talked about the illusion of time. Those of you who have been with us um, in the podcast across time, listening in the future, um, recognizing your energy now. Thank you for being with us here at this time. And um, I hope you have the opportunity to explore these concepts much more deeply because I know that that's what I'm called to do. Um, it seems that that more and more as we open ourselves up on our transformative journeys, older, ancient concepts come to us, and yet there are aspects that are familiar in a way. And and it's there. There really is a wonder to the continuing awakening journey. And I hope that those of you listening are joining me on that journey all together, because we truly, as we shift our own lives we can have an impact on the world as well. And thank you to the, those of you listening in other parts of the world as well, outside of the U.S. I, um, From my heart, I am so thankful that you have discovered us here. So, again, I hope whenever you are listening to this show, you find peace on your path. And this show will be highlighted on Frontier Beyond Fear for quite a while. It will be in the archive, and I really do invite you to cavita's Kavita's website and her book and, and I look forward to seeing what's coming from her in the future as well because she's really bringing forth some powerful wisdom so thank you everyone for being here <laughs>